Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 313 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week. Your friend and mine, the author of The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? Hello, boys and girls. Hello, boys and girls. Uh, let's get right to it because, hey, spring training, it's exciting. Is that still going on? <laughs> Evidently, they tell me it is. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a hard time paying attention to spring training, which is it's so funny because, you know, we spend all of January and half of February getting excited, seeing pitchers and catchers, pitchers and catchers. And then it gets here and like three days later, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a kind of a drag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for the news and the, uh, the the trends and the things that we hear out of, out of spring. But I'm really kind of making an effort this year to pay as little attention to actually what happens in the games. Uh, at least, uh, you know, the way I used to do it is you just get too caught up and there's there's no there's no winning there. You're not going to learn anything about what happens in the games, basically, other than, make, well, somebody looks like they're healthy or something. Yeah, that's it. Because, I mean, we, we all hopefully have learned the lesson, the Scott Shubler lesson from 2019, that a, a guy who plays out of his mind isn't going to keep that up. And we've seen, you know, infinity times, guys who have a bad spring have a great season or teams that have a bad spring have a great season. Uh, and if you do watch the game, you, you realize pretty quickly that the guys are not playing to win. They're they're working on things. They're having a good time. They're relaxing. Um, you know, have you seen any of these these games where they've mic'd up the players? I have, I have, and that's fantastic. I, I, you know, they do that at the All Star game, and I think every time they do it, oh, they need to do that in every game. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. But you can you can tell. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's how they do all all the, all year long. But I'm I'm pretty sure that you know we saw Trevor Bauer uh, literally tipping his pitches to the opposing batters the other day on purpose. Literally, uh, you know, he's doing the uh, the thing of the glove signs they do in the bullpen when they're when they're warming up. Tell, and he, you know Trevor Bauer's been very vocal about what the Astros did, and maybe that's the way he's going to prove to everybody that he's better than uh, signs setters. He's just going to tell them what's coming. I thought that was fantastic, but but yeah, it's not a real game. He's not going to do that in the regular season. Well. <laughs> Trevor Bauer. I don't know. <laughs> he, he, nobody else is going to do that in the regular season. I don't know. I think you rule anything out with Trevor Bauer. I agree, actually. I agree. So I think uh, we're following the Reds very closely and, and reading all the coverage. But uh, from my perspective, I'm trying not to obsess over the results. and follow. I'm not following the games that closely. Just, uh, you know, because uh, what can you draw from it? So the, the one thing that you can draw is health. And that's the first thing I want to talk about, which is Freddie Galvis. Reds uh, shortstop. Um, sore shoulder early in spring, so you know hadn't really gotten started yet. Uh, just played designated hitter and uh, tweaked his left quad the other day. Now had an MRI and is projected to miss uh, maybe the next week. Uh, is I mean I know we, we're not fully paid members of the Freddie Galvis fan club, but man, is there any place on the field where the Reds could uh, <laughs> l- less absorb an injury than, yeah. than shortstop? The the most essential Red Freddie Galvis. <laughs> okay, right, trademark that. Indis- indispensable. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't have to love Freddie Galvis to be absolutely terrified about the idea of playing a season without Freddie Galvis. They right. do not have, you know, Alex Blandino is kind of a defensive, kind of maybe a defensive shortstop, but who knows if he can hit. Kyle Farmer's 
good bench bat, but I'd call him an emergency middle infielder. Oh gosh. But but like, he's probably your backup. Yeah, I for sure. I mean I mean, you know, I guess I know you guys talked about uh, Jose Garcia last week. I Do you think there's a, a, a scenario where they're forced into let's say let's say Galvis isn't ready? Is there any scenario where they say, you know, let's get a legitimate shortstop, even if he's young and untested, and let him play every day rather than than patch it together with, you know, spare parts? I don't think so unless Galvis is going to be out for an extended period of time and they're unable to acquire someone else. I don't see them pushing uh, Jose Garcia. But he, and I, he's opened everyone's eyes this spring. That's someone that you and I wanted, wanted to talk about. As we came in here, 21 years old, and you know, defensively looks like he can handle it, uh, and certainly his bat uh, if he continues to progress. But he's not been above um, high A yet. Now he was great in high A, absolutely great. But uh, I, I don't see in, unless there's a long-term injury where Galvis is going to be out, you know, three months, then maybe I can see the Reds pushing him. But uh, I think that's the only way. I don't in a situation like this. this I think Kyle Farmer probably. Gets uh, some starts there, and maybe, uh, and maybe it's a path for Blendino to make the make the roster. Do you think there's any way they'll do it? Maybe, maybe, maybe not as plan, I guess B. But uh, you know, in that scenario, let's say Galvis is out for a month, and Blandino and and Farmer kind of prove that they're not really going to get it done. They they come out of the gate really badly, and uh, especially if the team's not playing well. I, I could see them giving him a shot. Like, what do they got to lose? You know, well, it could be a situation where they not really panic, but they, they really need to get off to a good start this year. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see that scenario. I think more likely is the Reds going to go kind of all in, whether Galvis is healthy or not, in acquiring some other major league level shortstop. Whether it's a big trade for a guy like uh, we, we joke about Lindor all the time, but uh, you know, Marcus Simeon, perhaps he's a contract year guy that you might be able to get. Um, I think Jordy Mercer is still available on the uh, on the market. Somebody like that who's you know actually a legit big league shortstop, not a good one, but you know Freddie Galvis is not exactly top shelf either. So I, I could see them going to try to acquire somebody that uh, maybe doesn't make a roster out of spring training, or somebody you know pops up near the end of spring training. They've got to get somebody because they, can you go into a season with Kyle Farmer being your backup shortstop? It's not a really great plan. Uh, you you know who's out there, and and I don't endorse this idea, but Addison Russell doesn't have a job. We probably should talk about that, yeah. Um, and I, I get this question all the time on uh, Twitter.com. I thought you were going to say Paul Yanish, first of all. <laughs> I think he's probably got a really nice job in a the parking place and everything somewhere. <laughs> I think he's on a coaching staff at somewhere, but Rice University or somewhere maybe. Oh, look, look that Yeah, look that up for me. See what you can find out. Um Addison Russell, you know, people keep mentioning that to me. And then the the fact of the matter is this. Addison Russell would help the Reds on the field. I think no I think period. He would help the Reds on the field just in terms of the baseball side of it. I think there is 0% chance the Reds will be willing to take the PR hit that will be required to to take Russell. And nor nor do I think they should, but how how desperate do you have to get, I guess, to to try to sign a guy like that? I mean, the guy's got all kinds of talent, but is he never going to play again? I mean, I don't know. Somebody's going to take a shot at him, you would think. I don't see the Reds doing it right now with all the 
the good feelings about the team and, and the offseason they've had, I don't see them you know, poking themselves in the eye on the PR front like that. What do you think? I think that's right. Um, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, but if I, you know, dumped $165 million into my team in the off season and, and they literally didn't have a real shortstop, I wouldn't want to have to be making that decision. Yeah. Yeah, really? No, I, I agree. Yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, you can really easily make the case on the baseball side of, it, especially the price he's likely to come for. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that's employed Alfredo Simon and Aroldis Chapman before. I mean, I don't, I don't know, uh, and I'm not saying that as a compliment. <laughs> right. uh, I'm just saying that I, I don't know if their mentality on that has changed, or, or maybe it's a whole bunch of other things. Or Russell's a different story. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm cheering for a shirt that. Addison Russell is wearing. Yeah, and I think there'll be a that'll be not insubstantial uh, number of uh, uh, portion of the fan base that would feel the same way. So I, I just I can't see that happening. Um, if, if you if you give me a guy that's his exact you know uh, history, uh, no, not history, but baseball history. Give me his baseball reference page. Even though obviously last year, uh, last year or so was not the, not great with all the other you know uh, nonsense surrounding that guy. If you give me a guy that's produced like he has as young as he has, and you can tell me we can pick up this guy for cheap and not tell me the name, I'd probably say, oh, gosh, please. I mean, uh, I think he's a clear, right, right. A clear upgrade over Galvis, right, on, on the baseball side. Probably. he you Probably. Know, yeah. Um, definitely a higher ceiling. Definitely a higher ceiling, and, and maybe a guy that could really uh, strengthen this lineup substantially. And I, just, I, don't, I don't see any way the Reds or any reason why the Reds should do it, frankly. Um, unless they decide that is the – Difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Uh, maybe then, but I don't know that it would be. So what you're yeah. saying though is you want the Reds to get him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, and I wonder, I mean, does, does, does Addison Russell go to the minor leagues first? I, he's going to have to for someone, I would think. I think so too. I think, you know, set aside the off field issues. I think his performance is probably at the place where he needs to go prove that he can prove that he's for lack of a better phrase, worth the, worth the trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You, show me why you are worth uh, all the bad press we're going to get for employing you. Um, yeah. And, he, you know, I don't know. I don't he know may he be do. playing. Yeah. He may be playing an independent league yeah. for a month. It's probably the most likely scenario for him. Yeah. Or more. Or more. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not sure what the path is in this day and age. And I'm, I'm not one of these guys that wants to say, some guy screws up and we just cancel him. But, you know, uh, baseball did a, a pretty extensive investigation. This guy is, you know, I'm pretty comfortable saying he's not a good dude and not a guy that I want on my roster. I would like to have a, the player on my roster, but, man, I don't want to cheer for uh, I couldn't cheer for that guy. I don't I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see how I could. So uh, we're, we've wasted time talking about that. I don't think there's any chance it'll happen. I may be wrong about that. I've never been wrong before, but it's got to happen eventually, right? <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> if you were in charge, would you uh, would you pull up Jose Garcia? I don't know enough to, to, to say that. I mean, I'm not a talent scout, and I haven't honestly watched him more than a few clips on the internet. But uh, I let me say it this way. If I owned the Reds or ran the Reds, I would have been much more aggressive promoting minor leaguers over the last 10 years than they have been. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. 
But don't don't tell me you're not a talent scout because you plucked me out of the independent leagues years ago. You saw That's something true. in me. Sure, I did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's ready. He looks like it uh, in spring, which is why you need to not pay attention to spring much. But he looked awful good last year. Uh, again, just in just in high A, uh, he'll start in double A, and and you know if he comes out the first month in double A and is killing the ball, I don't know. It might be and, and Galvis is struggling. It might be time to think about it because he could be the shortstop of the future and. You know, uh, he's going to be, I think, 22 this year. I'd like to see him. Um, now, here, here's another question I wanted to ask you on this particular point. If Nick Senzel, you've heard of Nick Senzel. He plays in the Reds? Yeah, he does. Uh, and matter of fact, played today for the first time for the Reds this spring. If he hadn't had the shoulder surgery that ended his season last year and has been slow getting into camp, or if he'd been completely healthy, finished the year healthy, and the full off season was healthy, do you think it would have made sense, given the way things went, for the Reds to have told him, okay, get your glove back out. There may be a path at shortstop now. I don't. I think if he could play shortstop defensively, if the Reds had determined he could play shortstop defensively, he would have already been there. But do you that, think that might have right. changed their – do you think it might have changed their opinion, given the fact that they really don't have another shortstop? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that they would or should keep switching Senzel's position just to solve the fact that, that – Freddie Galvis is hurt or they don't like Freddie Galvis or even if Freddie Galvis wasn't on this team. I I think that's a short-term issue and I don't think like you said if he could play short he would be playing short. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I wish he could play short. It, it, it you know, makes him much more valuable to the Reds. But they know that. Yeah. Um yeah. So, so so Dick Williams was interviewed today by uh Paul Daner Jr. on you, The Athletic. Now, are you talking about Reds president of baseball operations Dick Williams? Uh yeah. Yeah, oh, that's who. <laughs> Not former uh, Padres and A's manager, Great Dick mustache. Williams. Yeah. Great mustache. Yeah, it was. Is, um, what, is this podcast about to go off the rails like the last time you and I talked? No, no, no. Okay, We're going to stick to the topic here. Excellent. So he was asked about shortstop today. And I don't know if how much Galvis is – I don't actually don't know when this interview took place. But, um, you know, he was asked about shortstop. And he kind of gave – all the answers you'd probably expect to hear as far as shortstop depth, things like quotes, we're excited to learn about Kyle Farmer and let him play there more <laughs> excited. He's the, the word excited. Yeah. You know, he's, he doesn't fit the prototype, but I can tell you he played at a high level in college and still believes in himself. <laughs> he's st- well, he still believes in himself. I mean, gosh, you say, you say this stuff out loud. It's like, Whoa. I, I get, I get what he's saying wants to give him more opportunity to show himself. So I think that's Kyle Farmer's pestering them saying he can play shortstop. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I saw a quote from David Bell just today where David Bell used some form of that, that he really believes in himself. at shortstop. It, it was some form of that. I saw that. Um, I don't I mean, that's kind of good, but I don't know if it's the, the full package there as far as a major right. league shortstop. Right. Uh, you know, then a bunch of other weirdly specific praise, you know, uh, kind of nods at Alfredo Rodriguez. We feel good about him. We all we think Alex Blandino can play short. I think Jose Garcia has really opened some eyes in terms of his ability to impact the team positively. <laughs> so a lot of meh as far as I'm concerned. But then he says we'll continue to be opportunistic. The good thing about camp is you've got time. Freddie feels really confident in his ability to get healthy for the season. So. I think if you read between all the lines, I think that says Dick Williams is like, eh, I ain't convinced I've got a backup shortstop here. Yeah. I'm still looking. 
And I think they probably tried all off season, and the, they, they couldn't get anything done. I and mean, we know they tried for uh, to, to sign Didi Gregorius. Uh, sometimes you can't get it done, but I still think there's a chance they acquire someone before opening day. But but, but what if what if it's Freddie Galvis? How comfortable are we with Freddie Galvis? Well, I eh. mean, it's not ideal, but uh, but it could be worse, I guess. I mean, you know, could have been worse. I think he's better than than uh, than the last year's shortstop. Jose Iglesias, who was the best player for Cincinnati, according to most of my Twitter followers. <laughs> I think Galvis is a legitimate big league starting shortstop. He's probably one of the bottom two or three, you know, legitimate starting big league shortstops. But still, a legitimate big league, that's not, you know, that's not nothing, as they as, say. As Dick Williams says, we have a lot of confidence in Freddie as a major league shortstop. <laughs> yes, he is a major league shortstop. <laughs> you you really got to read this paragraph. I mean, it's it's the most backhanded. We've made it no secret we want to have talented players at every position on the diamond. Shortstop is one where it's an important spot on the diamond. <laughs> Having depth there is great. I mean, it's oh. the most political answer I've ever seen. And he's usually, I mean, he's, he's, he's on message always, but, uh, yeah, this one was, was pretty funny. <laughs> Particularly good. Uh, Dick, I know I'm sure you're listening. Uh, we love you. Um, you got a job to do and <laughs> you don't want to say too much. He does stay on, on brand pretty, pretty well on message. Yeah. You I, know, he does listen to the podcast, but, um, I, I, I heard that he listens to it on double X speed. <laughs> you better not because I talk way too fast for that. Ah. <laughs> I got this Billy Hamilton thing going where I just talk too fast. Oh, I do listen to some podcasts on that fast speed. Now, every time I do, I think, oh, man, I'm sure nobody can listen to Relic Nation Radio oh. on that uh, fast speed. That speed thing gives me a nervous breakdown. I I can't handle it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you got to watch which ones uh, you listen to. Um, okay, Freddie Galvis. We've spent enough time talking about Freddie Galvis to last us a lifetime. Uh, before we get into some viewer mail questions here in a moment, uh, a pretty interesting quote. Um, Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray went on this podcast some kind of Star Wars podcast or something. I don't know what it was. Um, but they talked about baseball with uh, CC Sabathia and uh, and some other guy I never heard of. But uh, and it's you know it's, it's it's interesting for what it's worth, but I like the part where Sonny Gray says that when he came to the Reds, the the quote he said was they basically gave him the cheat code. They took the stuff he had and really massaged it, showed him how to use it and was able to explain to him uh, using using the numbers, using the analytics, why it would work if he would be able to uh, go with it. Now, of course, he had a history with Derek Johnson, the Reds, the pitching coach, and so maybe he was more open to that. But it clearly worked. He was an all-star and really uh, changed his career last season. So we don't have to get into this too much, but, man, I, I really like the idea that the Reds are becoming a destination for pitchers. We never saw that coming with Derek Johnson and now Kyle Bode, uh, you know, the driveline guys. <sighs> I don't know. That this is one of the most exciting things about the Cincinnati Reds that is that have happened in the last twenty years, frankly, for this franchise, in my opinion. What do you think? I think it's up there with with uh, Corky Miller's return. <laughs> oh, Corky! <laughs> but no, it is. I mean, it's uh, it it's pretty cool, man. I mean, the the Reds. You can name on one hand the number of like truly dominant starting pitchers the Reds have had over the last. 70 years? Yeah, really? really? I mean, and uh, they've got a shot to have, you know, three. I, I, this sounds stupid, but Anthony DiScofani could win a Cy Young Award. <laughs> I actually believe you that. Know, I mean, like, no. seriously, I think he's got – he's not he's not going to, but he's got a, enough stuff 
that he could put together a year, you know, like Mike Scott in 1986 or something, where he's just everything falls into place and he's the best pitcher in the league. It could happen. It could happen. And I like the Mike Scott reference. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. He's a guy that we'll talk about over the course of the season that if he shows he's healthy for another season, I think the Reds have to think about uh, trying to extend him, uh, you know, because he's good when he's healthy. But, you know, when's the last time the Reds had two starting pitchers in the All-Star game, like last year? I mean, I, sh- I should probably look up this- these things before I... Probably probably an answer to that question somewhere. It has to be a, a long time. Um, I mean, before last year, actually, it happened last year. But Trevor Bauer, you know, was an elite pitcher for at least a year. And so he has that in him. You know, I don't know. I, I, if things go really well for this rotation, they're going to be unbelievable if people can stay healthy. I really think that it's pretty exciting. And, and, and having Derek Johnson, I don't think it's just us want, seeing the guy that's uh, the pitching coach for our team and wanting to believe he's good. I think that happened with Don Gullett back in the day. I don't yeah. think it, it never happened with Dick Pohl, I don't think. But, but, it, but Pete Shurek, see? <laughs> Pete Shurek, right. But, you know... I don't know. I think it's incredibly exciting that the Reds have gone in just a couple of years from having the worst pitching staff, literally historically bad in, in 2016-2017, to now turning around so quickly. And you got to give kudos to uh, to Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and that bunch because it's just it's amazing. And the fact that hiring it's, a pitching coach could uh, could do that much damage. Well, it's all about up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A start. A little cheat code uh, humor there. I like it. For the Super Nintendo fans out there. Oh, and I'm sure there are many amongst their crews. Probably more Atari fans in television, you think? Uh, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, Atari baseball game that I had that didn't have a shortstop because there was really no way to control him. <laughs> oh, that's so he just left it out. <laughs> that second weird. baseman stood at second base. I remember uh, my buddy had real sports baseball on Atari. And uh, so I used to go over to his house and I thought they can never get more realistic than this. It's the most amazing I, thing I've ever seen. I got to say that even in in 1982, I felt that the package kind of overpromised. <laughs> it's true. On, uh, on it's, real sports baseball, it's true. Go look up the package and then go look up the actual uh, what the game looked like, uh, listeners. If you don't remember that game, you're right. It overpromised and under delivered. But man, I thought it was amazing. Thought it was amazing. So, um, okay, we're gonna get into some viewer mail questions. But uh, last thing is, I do want to just not kind of run by it here. Um, Nixon Zell got the start at uh, designated hitter today. It was his first uh, appearance. He went 0 for 3, I'm told. I didn't watch the game. Um, but, uh, you know, good to see him back in the lineup. And he insists that he will be ready for opening day. And clearly what players think is what we're basing everything on nowadays. Um, I like this top four, though. Castellanos, Vado, Mustakas, and Zell. That's going to be the batting order? Well, that's what it was today. So, interesting. Yeah. Castellanos leading off. Very interesting, yeah. I think Votto will probably will be in the two spot uh, all year. Um, yeah, yeah I, would, I would think that Akiyama is probably going to lead off, but oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, he went in the lineup today. Aquino played center field today. Aristides Aquino. You know, we talk about spring training numbers not meaning anything, um, but I, I think his are providing a convenient excuse for the Reds to send him back down to the minor leagues. I'm afraid so. And we have a question coming later that we'll, we'll be able to expand on that, I think. So uh, let, let's get into some viewer mail because uh, I think, let's see, what else do we, is there anything else we needed to talk about? Luis Castillo looked great today, evidently. Struck, yeah. Struck out uh, nine batters in his last uh, five innings. He's pretty good. 
couple of uh, outings. Pretty good at baseball. I think he's good. You know, you, you see these uh, who who does the the tweets with these gifs that overlay like his uh, his fastball with his slider or whatever. The pitching ninja, pitching yeah. ninja, pitching ninja. Those are, <laughs> Luis Castillo's are the most amazing. Always. <laughs> He he had one today, and I don't, I don't know what game it was from. I didn't look, but it was Castillo, and it was called Disappearing Changeup. <laughs> Is Luis Castillo in the conversation? Do you think he will be in the conversation for the most talented Reds pitcher of our uh, Reds starter of our lifetimes? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, who's in that conversation? Cueto, Cueto, Mario Soto, Jose Rio. That's probably Tom Seaver, technically. Yeah, technically, I guess. Yeah, that was technically during our lifetimes. Although I never saw him. Um, he's never been in my kitchen. <laughs> so, <laughs> like Luis Castillo. Um, Tom Browning was in my kitchen once, and I had to call the police. Well, it's not a good. He night. gets hungry. <laughs> um, that's probably the short list, though. You know, if we exclude Seaver, it's probably Cueto, Rijo, Castillo. Cueto, all end with O. Hmm. Soto. Soto. What, who did I say? Soto. You said Cueto twice, that's all. <laughs> we'll cut this part out. Oh, gosh. Somebody, I'm glancing at my producer in the uh, in the booth back there. Just edit that out. You got to let him out of the booth. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keeps that guy in there 24-7. <laughs> it's really it's weird deal down there. Well, you know, the gimp's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a chopper, baby. <laughs> it's a chopper. Oh, man. Uh, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. There we go. Another Generation X shout out. <laughs> That's right. Those of you that uh, get those uh, references, kudos, and or I'm sorry, one or the other. All right. Uh, the first group of viewer mail questions here come from patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can support the, uh, the, the crazy thing we've got going on here, and I appreciate everybody. That has uh, joined us over there, and we have a good uh, good chatter in the uh, Slack channel, and uh, appreciate all the questions. Uh, a little chatter. Is that what your little league coach told you to do? Hey, batter, batter. Hey, batter, batter. Oh, yeah. Batter, hey. Batter, hey. <laughs> well, chatter out there, guys. Matt Sheary asks, Derek Dietrich or Josh Van Meter? Van Meter, 100%. Van Meter. That's it. Yeah. You? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Josh Van Meter, yeah. 100%. Um, and I'm, I'm so low, man, on Dietrich right now. I don't know. I mean, I, I like Dietrich. I like his personality. I think he could help the team. I just feel like Josh Van Meter provides more. Uh, and I can't believe we're saying this. We never would have said this one year ago. But uh, I don't know. Van Meter plays more positions. And I don't know. He's got way more upside. Dietrich is. Uh, I mean, Van Meter turns 25 next week. Dietrich's, what? Or, or, sorry, he turns 20. Six. No. Van Meter turns 25 next week. Dietrich is already 30. Yes. On the wrong side of 30. Dietrich also uh, struck out a lot last year. It's true. I, you know, I don't know. I like Derek Dietrich. I've, I've, I thought he was a, when the Reds acquired him last year, he was a good bench bat. And um, I don't know. I like the guy. But... Uh, I'm not sure he makes that much sense this year with the improved Reds roster, whereas Van Meter, with some real upside, uh, you know, I don't know if it's better. Do you think either of them are going to make the opening day roster? Uh, I mean, it all depends on on Suarez and, and uh, Freddie Galvis, I guess. 
I think if if both those guys are back, then probably neither one. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Although I hate it. uh, And of course, uh, Dietrich is a minor league invite and uh, Van Meter's got options. So it's not like there's going to be a roster crunch issue for keeping him. But man, give me Van Meter all day long. Joe Farsing asks, and this is always dangerous whenever this guy asks a question. Oh, yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe, uh, who's, who is a Patreon subscriber only so he can hear his uh, voice or his uh, <laughs> name said in my uh, sultry voice. Whatever gets week. you through the day. <laughs> That's right. His question, uh, typical uh, Joe Farsing fashion, former Reds trainer Paul Lassard, bassist for, quote, Charlottesville's finest, insert sarcasm font, Dave Matthews Band's Stefan Lassard, or Commandant Eric Lassard from Police Academy. So uh, Eric Lassard uh, was in all, is it true there are seven Police Academy films? Sounds about right. The original and six sequels. Um, he was the uh, the Commandant of the Metropolitan Police Academy. Um, and look him up, you'll remember the guy. If you, if you, this is the guy from Punky, Bo- Punky Bruce. Ah, you're right. I knew he and, was from something else. Yes, the Gen X bingo card is full. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can collect your winnings uh, at the front. Um, clearly, the answer is uh, <laughs> the bass player for Dave Matthews' band, Stefan Lassard, right? Oh, I am out. <laughs> I figured. You're going to go with Punky Brewster, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I can't say I disagree with you paul lassard's hobbies include golf and motorcycling well okay then okay we're gonna go with paul lassard no i'm going with uh, stefan lassard what a great name and uh, bass player for the greatest band in history if the only two bands in history were dave matthews band and the e street band oh boy that's aggressive but i like it <laughs> yeah went off went off i don't think i can i don't think i can get you there i mean i i'm I'm here for bashing springsteen kind of whenever but uh i don't know that it extends to his band all right okay i'm with you uh, hooper pal asks with the possibility of chattanooga being on the cut list for major league baseball what are the chances we'll see a double a team in wise virginia which is where i'm i'm from if you don't know uh, if so what would be a good name I remember a sign, remember seeing a sign off Route 23 on the way home from Asheville, but we didn't have time to stop at the Pizza King. So uh, there is <laughs> isn't a, a Pizza King the the gas station <laughs> no, chain? No, it's not at a gas station. This is an independent oh. chain here, man. Oh, okay. Pizza King, a really, really seriously mediocre pizza. Um, <laughs> aggressively mediocre. I don't know. You know, um, what would the team's name in Wise be? Um, the men. The men, the wise men. Yes, there were only three of them. Um, Chattanooga is not being on, is not getting cut from uh, the minor leagues. That, that, all that is just nonsense. That's never going to happen, is my opinion. You got an opinion on this uh, discussion of uh, eliminating minor league teams? I don't. Rock on. Rich Thompson asks: Opening day will be here before we know it. With anticipation of a Reds win to start the season on the right foot, what would be your dream highlight in a Reds opening day win? Mine would be Joey Votto going two for two with two doubles. Two walks, a double, a two-run homer, and three runs batted in for the game. Dream highlight. All right, here's my dream highlight, and then if you've got one, you can tell me. The Reds are tied going into the bottom of the ninth. No, no, no. I take that back. The Reds are down one run going to the bottom of the ninth. Joey Votto draws a walk with two outs in the ninth. And then all of a sudden, out of the dugout comes the pinch hitter. And... We hear the walk-up music. 
And somebody goes, my God, that's that's Joe Randa's music. <laughs> and Joe Randa comes in to pinch hit the home run to win on opening day for the second time in his uh, career. That's mine. Oh, well, <laughs> I I was going to make a Joe Randa joke, too. Yeah, so. Of course. I mean, you, you've gotten plenty of them, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yep. So it's all about Joe Randa. It is. Andrew Scott Wills asks at patreon.com slash redlegradio, why does MLB hate its viewers? Hmm. You, you have an answer on that one? Uh, you know, I assume this is a, a, uh, a blackout, uh, map complaint, which I am there for. I, I do not, will not ever understand why that is still the case. Why I cannot watch a Pittsburgh pirates game in Columbus, Ohio, because that's, I'm in the Pittsburgh market. Um, although there's not a pirates fan to be found here and certainly no chance of pirates, uh, whatever the Pirates Network is expanding to Columbus, so I I don't know they they do not appear friendly to their viewers their fans they don't it makes no sense you know I I'm right on the uh, Virginia Kentucky border and uh, if if you go two miles over into uh, away from me into Kentucky they can't watch the Reds you know they're black blacked out but come two miles in my direction and uh, I can't watch the Orioles or the Nationals. When I'm not even anywhere close to D.C. I know people think Virginia, and Virginia is close to D.C., but not my not my part of Virginia. Um, I'm in the mountains, as you can tell from this uh, glorious accent. Tell from the, the altitude. <laughs> it's exactly right. It makes no sense. I don't know. So they hate their viewers because uh, I want to say everything's motivated by money, but man, I you know. It, it, I think this is inertia. I think it's inertia. I mean, I think it's motivated by money. A decision made about money at some time in the past that is too complicated to unwind, probably because there are lots of different contracts between teams, networks, um, various rights holders that probably none of them come do, come expire on the same day. So it's it's probably pretty hard to unwind it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's what it is, but I mean. There are people who would actively pay for the ability to watch their team, you know, that can't get Fox Sports Ohio necessarily. Uh, there are people that actively, well, people in you know Colorado and uh, you know uh, wherever they pay for the, the right to watch the Reds. I mean, people. There are people that would uh, pay for it, and then they want fewer people watching the team they want to watch. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, you know. Um... Unbundling is kind of the the new thing, or at least it was the new thing a year ago. But this stuff moves slowly, and all the teams now are tied up in these regional sports networks. They all want to own their own. The Cubs just finally got theirs launched. So nothing's going to happen that's going to weaken those the value of those properties. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to know what the, the landscape's going to look like in 10 years from now, because who knows, but... Um, I don't think it'll be what we have now, or I hope not. If it is, it's going to be bad. All right, one more question from Joe Farsing, and uh, we're only going to answer two of your three this time, Joe. If you could be any red, past or present, past or present, why would you be Ryan Lavarnway? And it seems to me like he misstated that question. That really, why wouldn't you? Assumes facts, not in evidence. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, are you a lawyer? Uh, used to be. Oh, there you go. Why wouldn't you be Ryan Lavarnway if you could be any red past or present? If you could be any red past or present, who would you be? I'll tell you who I would be. Let me just say it here. I'd be uh, Jose Garcia. 
because that guy's 21. That's pretty good. I'd like to be 21. <laughs> so, yeah, that, there you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Even if he doesn't ever make the major leagues, I think I'd rather be 21 than I, – I fell off a ladder on Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, I didn't mean to laugh a, at that. I missed a step on a ladder, a, a five-foot step ladder hanging in a shelf in my daughter's room. Oh, my. And uh, missed a step and hurt my knee. Coming down from a ladder. That's what it's like to be 47. <laughs> I hurt my knee and I didn't try to climb a ladder. So, you know, that's what happens. Right. So I'd rather be a 21-year-old professional athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Who's getting invited to Major League Camp and, you know, living the dream right now? All right. Uh, Thomas Dennis asks at patreon.com slash redlegradio, what are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer meeting with the commissioner? Um, okay. Then he asks another question. Um that we'll, we'll we'll pause on that one because i'm not sure i understand it but first what are your thoughts on trevor bauer meeting with the commissioner if you didn't hear with trevor bauer uh you know the commissioner rob manford said he'd meet with any player and he met with trevor bauer and bauer said some nice things about him actually seeming like he listened and it was productive i don't know i think that it's just uh i don't know it's nothing's going to come of it it's the commissioner just uh, doing a pr move maybe or whatever talking to disgruntled players to pretend like he cares but he He's paid by the owners. I mean, yeah. I'm not suggesting he's not being uh, genuine, but he's employed by the owners. He has, you know, I don't know, he's trying to tamp down what's look, starting to look like a little bit of a revolt, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's clearly, it's lip service. Um, Bauer seems to be a fairly critical person for whom honesty is very important, and he... He's been railing on the commissioner for a few years now. Keeps calling him a liar, and it, it seems like it it all goes back to some spring training conversation where Manfred had said, you know, he, he didn't plan to do something, and or, or no, what was it? I don't know. He, he basically said that you know X was not the reason we did something, and and Bauer didn't believe him, and he kept calling him a liar about it, and I don't know. It didn't sound exactly like a lie as much as disagreement to me but anyway glad yeah. i'm glad trevor's happy <laughs> we're always glad when trevor is happy um thomas's next question was also we need to find a good trio and give them a good nickname not enough of those anymore and he references the nasty boys and i think he was talking about the jungle cats that you know about from uh the big 50 yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a quintet technically yeah, it was a quintet or a quartet. Still. i guess it was a quartet sorry yeah um so, uh, right, quartet. It was the infield. He says, Suarez and company need a good nickname. I think you and Garber can think of something. That's funny. This is the second straight episode we've mentioned the Jungle Cats because uh, we did a Patreon-exclusive episode, Jason Linden and I, uh, in February, and it came out last week. And uh, we talked about uh, Billy Werber in that one. It was uh, basically we're talking about uh, the best Reds never to make an all-star team. And Billy Werber uh, came into the conversation. I'm a member of the Jungle Cats. So, um the Nasty Boys, obviously, that's a great one. I don't, you know, I don't know that I can come up with a nickname for this bunch. I don't, I don't have any idea. I've, I've thought about this, and I, I saw the question earlier, and I started thinking about it. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. You got anything, Chris? No, no. I'm. Well, I will work on it. Okay, Kenny, uh, edit this part out as well, please. Um, I'm sorry, Thomas. It's a great uh, idea. I just don't. I don't have anything right now. I'm going to come up with it. Matt Lacron, I keep fearing you're right, Chad. Now, why would you fear me being right? Hmm. Huh. Huh, that's an interesting way to frame his question. Dietrich might actually make this team, even though we all know he doesn't exactly fit. Who do you think is the most interesting on the fence to make the team candidate? Um, you pronounced the last name correct, by the way. Thanks. Oh, outstanding. I'm surprised. Um, 
Matt, uh, I think the most interesting on the fence to make the team candidate, and this is a reference that earlier, because I thought we could talk about it more, is I think it's Aristides Aquino. He's a guy that I really want as the fifth outfielder on this team, and um, he's on the fence. And I just, uh, I hope that a poor spring performance isn't the reason why he's not kept. I just love having the, the idea of having his um, power bat on the bench. Who do you think is the most interesting on the fence to make the team candidate, Chris? Um, you know, here's the thing. Uh, and I, I don't find the 25th or 26th man on the roster very interesting often. So that's my problem. Um, no, I mean, if the, if the keynote makes the team and he's a 26th man, then he's going to be the most interesting 26th man in the league. So True. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, but, don't, I think he brings something. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, just can't. I can't muster up a lot of excitement and interest for for even even uh, Josh Van Meter. Just kind of like, eh, okay, yeah. good. I hope he makes it, but if he doesn't, it's not going to kill the team. I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I really want to see. I think Aquino was is fun to have on the bench for late game situations. Um, I think it's probably Phil Urban, depending on what it, you know. Who's healthy and who's yeah. not healthy, but and I don't think it's good for Aquino to be the t- the twenty sixth man. I really don't. Is it not? I mean, what else is he going to do in AAA? I don't know, but I think he's not. It's not going to be good for him to get four at bats a week. It's not. It may not be good for him. I think it's good for the Reds, though. Well, I, I get it, but I don't think he's going to be any good if he's not playing that often. Yeah, maybe he may not be good if he is playing often, as we saw from uh, September last year. I don't know. Hell, <laughs> Nathan Sturworth. Best name at patreon.com slash redleg radio asks, do you think that Amir Garrett, Cody Reed, Michael Lorenzen, or Robert Stevenson will get another chance to start with the Reds or another organization? Um, I think one of those guys will get a chance to start with the Reds. Can you guess which one? No. Michael Lorenzen. Does he feel very confident in his ability to? Yes, he's extremely. He feels good about it. No, I don't think he'll start at pitcher. Oh, I think he'll get a start somewhere in the field, and the Reds will try to game the. Uh, you and I had a little. Or I, I sort of butted in on your conversation on on Twitter about this. Uh, the swing, the the roster spot that's kind of for a swing guy. Um, that makes very little sense to me, but I think the Reds might try to to qualify him next year. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. So what what is the rule for in season? How many times does he have to? Start a game, or it had to be twenty last season to be eligible this year, right? Right, twenty starts and plus uh, X number of innings. Uh, he was past that. Um, I don't know what it is in season. I, again, what am I going to do? Some research here? Come on. Okay. But uh, if the Reds want to try to qualify him for next year, maybe that will depend on him. The Reds being out. I don't know why the Reds didn't try last year to qualify him. Although, what did you say the whole reason for this uh you know all the the the, the gnashing of teeth oh. is to, to get, get another 14 reliever? pitchers on the on the roster? That we need another pitcher on the roster. Yeah. So he he would have to play tw- 20 starts with at least three plate appearances in each one. Oh, that's right. That, yeah. That's what he would have had to do last season to be eligible this season to be that swing guy. And I guess that's the same thing for this. It, it, yeah, I don't know how that I guess like w- once he does that then the, the the switch flips and they can send down Phil Irvin and call on up another pitcher. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I like Lorenzen more than most as a uh, 
you know, a guy that can contribute on the offensive side of the ledger, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to, to send down a guy like Irvin or Aquino so that you can bring up, you know, I don't know, um, so whatever reliever is the, the top of the heap in triple a, I mean, they're going to, I got, here's how it's going to work. They're going to be sh- shuffling those relievers to the extent any of them have options back and forth, up and down between Cincinnati, the disabled list and the Louisville bats. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there's, they're never, you're going to read the story about it. And John Faye is going to talk about how they're short on arms, but it's not going to be, <laughs> Anything yeah. for more than two bit two days. No, I mean this is something that uh, the Dodgers really kind of pioneered this a few years ago. But just keep those guys on a, a, a just they need to build some kind of a rapid transit to Louisville, and just keep those guys moving. Bring them up. They're fun. Put them on the monorail and send them down. <laughs> the monorail. Oh, there's a good Simpsons joke there. It's more though. of a more of a Shelbyville idea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is Louisville the Shelbyville to Cincinnati's? Uh, Springfield? Uh, Indianapolis is the Shelbyville to Cincinnati Uh, Springfield. Yes. All right, we're going to go to some questions now from twitter.com slash redlegradio. Follow us on Twitter at, oh, I just said it, twitter.com slash redlegradio. It's Uh, true. Yeah, Chris Cotman, or Chris C., I guess. I'm not going to presume what his last name is. His handle is at Cotman26, C-O-T-T-M-A-N 26. Chris C. asks, Hashtag viewer mail. Am I the only one to notice the red spring training lemonade guy? It's like every third pitch on the TV broadcast. Yeah, I think you're the, uh, certainly of the, of the group here that's discussing, you're the only one that's, <laughs> that's noticed that. I'm sure you haven't. Have you, Chris? No, I don't know what he's talking about, but I, I, I'm amused anyway. Yeah, I don't care about watching the reds on these broadcasts necessarily, uh, because they're just going to fake me out as to what's going on in the spring. But now I'm kind of interested to go see what the lemonade guy is. So... <laughs> Um, we're going to skip Philip Razor, who just apologized, uh, which he needs to do every single week. Jojo Jammer, his uh, handle is at win one Super Bowl, so clearly a uh, clearly a Bengals fan. Uh, Jojo Jammer asks, looking forward to hearing from you guys. If Nick Senzel is healthy, he needs to play every day. Why wouldn't Shogo Senzel Castellanos be our everyday outfield? Um. You want to tackle that one, or you want me to go ahead? Well, go ahead. I mean, my my, my answer is because Jesse Winker is a good hitter. <laughs> right. Jesse Winker's not in the mix there. And I think you can add Jesse Winker to those three and get all of them 500 at-bats, and the Reds will be better if you, you know, depending on where you uh, plug in Jesse Winker. I don't know. I just I think those four guys, that's a really that's a good outfit. I'm happy with it. Yeah, for sure. What's and, your... and Phil Irvin, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sold on Phil Irvin now. Really? Yeah, he he can hit. Yeah, I'm not sold on him. I like the guy. He seems nice enough, but he's never been in my kitchen either. What are your thoughts on Shogo Akiyama? Pro. Pro Shogo. Do you think he's going to struggle early? I said that a couple podcasts ago, and I don't know. Again, here we go. In the spring, he's hitting well. Maybe he's not going to struggle early against American pitching. or uh, It's not all all American pitching, but pitching in America. Uh... I don't know. I mean, he'll probably struggle here and there, but uh, he seems to look like a, a legitimate major league baseball player. He doesn't look like uh, any of the other Reds outfielders. I mean, just, you know, his approach and he's not all in this uh, elevate and celebrate, you know, the, the current trends in, in baseball. It's, I think he makes the team more interesting and I think he makes the team better certainly as well, but I'm really excited to see what the Shogo Akiyama does. 
Yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm not excited to hear what one of the Reds baseball television announcers decides to talk about his departure from the current terrible, terrible approach. <laughs> right. I'm uh, just, I'm just saying, yeah. I, I mean, nothing against those guys. And I understand that, et cetera, 30 minutes later. So why doesn't everybody hit like Akiyama? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's what we're going to get. And Chris Welsh will have to, you know, take a volume and <laughs> wait on into that one. Um, I tell you what, I would like to, speaking of broadcast, I would have given anything to have heard uh, Joe Nuxall pronounce Shogo Akiyama. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That would have been a blast. That would have been the best. Sydney Price asks at Trans Reds Van, hash brown viewer mail, would you ever consider getting a mailbox for actual letters? Sure. Where do you think these questions are coming from, Sydney? Um, Roll when... Route 7, Wise Virginia. <laughs> exactly. Uh, when do you think the first batch of send downs will come? Triple A, I presume, the first cuts. Uh, who do you think will get sent down? And do you think there's any way for Peyton to make the roster? Um, you know, I don't really know. Uh, when the first, <laughs> you know, it'll be soon. They usually try to send out a bunch of guys. Uh, really, really get them into to minor league camp, but where they'll get some more, uh, some more time, time in the box. So as for who will get sent down, the guy, all the guys you expect, basically. As for Mark Payton, as, as the Reds' uh, Rule 5 selection in the, in the Rule 5 draft, um, I don't know, I like that guy, but I don't see any path to him making the team. I mean, do you see any way that Mark Payton makes this other than some it's injuries? Like two injuries have to happen, I think, for Mark Payton to make yeah. the team. I mean, I think he's an interesting guy. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, I'm not, uh, I'm not anti-Mark Payton. I think he could maybe help the team in a bench role. Uh, frankly, but I just, I'm not sure that I see any way. I love those numbers out of Las Vegas in the uh, Pacific Coast League last year, which were just insane. 334 average, 400 on base, 30 homers, 97 ribeye stakes. But uh, I don't know. I just don't see any way. And, and if he does make the roster, it probably means there's been some guys hurt, then the Reds are in big time trouble out of the gate. Yeah, right. If, if yeah. If Mark Payton's starting on opening day, we're having not looking good. If nothing else, we should understand here that Mark Payton is no Joe Randa. <laughs> Probably not. Right. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Um, it's also the second consecutive podcast, if you include the uh, Patreon exclusive one that we mentioned, Joe Randa. Um, Mustakas Fan Club at Indie Buckeye 414 Hash Brown viewer mail. Do you think this whole YouTube TV debacle will have an impact on viewership for the Reds on Fox Sports Ohio and for baseball in general? Uh, evidently, there's some kind of a agreement that may be in place. I don't know how many people. My, my question, oh, I thought that was done. I thought, yeah. But no? even even if the Reds weren't on YouTube TV, how much of an impact would that have? How many people have YouTube yeah. TV? I mean, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's many. I I I can't imagine that they're you know the Venn diagram of people with YouTube TV and people who care desperately about the Reds and and people who can't find another way to watch the game it feels like a pretty small yeah. intersection. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I don't I don't feel like that uh it's enough to move the needle on that. Jeff Carr asks, this is Jeff the host of the Locked On Reds podcast, true or false and why? The Reds' 2020 opening day shortstop will be their shortstop for the final game 
of 2020? I think that's false. I, I do as well, but what, what's your reasoning there? Oh, well, the good news is I think either, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a, a pretty good chance that either Jose Garcia or player that's not within the system right now are playing at the end of the season. And uh, if that's not true, there's still a pretty decent chance Freddie Galvis isn't playing on opening day. So you kind of have a little bit of play in both ends of it there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I, I don't think so either because I think Francisco Lindor will be the shortstop uh, in the final game Hey-o. of the season. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I think the Reds celebrating are... the World Series win. <laughs> exactly. I think they're. I think the Reds are going to try to acquire someone uh, all the way up to the trade deadline. And I, I'm just not as confident in Freddie Galvis as to say that he's going to be around all season and be producing enough to be the the starting shortstop. Maybe I don't know. Um, all right, last question here. This one comes from Frank Novak. Now, his Twitter handle is at the Frank Novak. So this is this is not the, not a Frank Novak. Yeah, not just any Frank Novak. Not some Frank Novak. <laughs> and this is uh, I'm, <laughs> you got to take this question, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I want to hear what you say to this one. Right. It's it's perhaps uh, the most random. Well, not the most random viewer mail. Joe Joe Randall. <laughs> jo- Ooh. Frank asks, have you ever guzzled a beer on the ferry from the beer cellar to a Reds game? <laughs> Second question. What? I don't even think I follow this question. <laughs> Next question. Can you still smoke in that place? Next question. <laughs> Next question. Is it still open? <laughs> what? What's he talking about? I, I don't know. Cincinnati boat ride that well, takes that- you to the walk park? Listen, I've ridden the ferry from uh, Newport over to uh, the Reds game. Like a water taxi? Yeah, basically. You know, they have uh, from over there. They, it, it, uh, I'm not going to tell you where it comes. Listen, okay, let me just tell you. That's a secret? Well, no. <laughs> let me let me preface this by saying that um, <laughs> I took the ferry <laughs> with my wife and my two children who were, who were like five and eight okay. at the time. Okay. And, um, but it, uh, you board it uh, right behind the Hooters <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you did back then in Newport. All uh, right. Yeah. I don't okay. know if that Hooters still that explains something. That explains a lot. Cause right now I, I just Googled Red's ferry boat and, uh, it took me to Queen city Riverboats page on Red's shuttles. And there are three tabs on this page, two of which I understood red shuttles, Bengal shuttles, Hooters directions. <laughs> now, let me say, <laughs> we did not go to the Hooters. Hey, it's a good place for wings. <laughs> Although the one time I've been to a Hooters, I got to say, this was, uh, I think, in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, of all places. Um, a 12-year-old was having a birthday party there. <laughs> That's my only experience with, with Hooters. Well, the only Hooters I've been to is, is the one in, in Newport News, Virginia. So, uh, <laughs> Really? That's interesting. For my birthday party. There you go. Uh, oh, when you were when you were twelve. <laughs> <laughs> now the beer cellar, S E L L A R, is how he spells that. And I just Googled it, and it evidently is still open. Closes at two a.m. Still open today, <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Three hundred one Riverboat Road, Newport, Kentucky, a riverside watering hole with a jukebox featuring one hundred fifty plus beers, cigar nights, and happy hour specials. Well, I guess you can still smoke in that place. You can still smoke in that place, evidently. And uh, According to Yelp, you can too. <laughs> exactly. See, but I cannot say that I ever guzzled a beer on the ferry 
on the way to a Reds game. We did ride that, and my kids got a kick out of it when they were little, you know, just riding the ferry over and drops you off uh, next to center field there, and it's just a, you know, I don't know. Something I, something I thought we'd take the kids to. Your kids would probably like it. Yeah. Well, your, your kids are like 26 and 29, but they still like it probably, right? Right, right. Now they get a job down there. <laughs> That's right, finally. Deckhand on the ferry boat. <laughs> oh, thanks for the question, the Frank Novak. All right, Chris, you ready to stick a pin in this one? I think so, and just to close the loop on everything, Paul Yanish is the third base coach at Rice University Owls. You know, a certain uh, Reds uh, player, uh, a significant Reds player in history, uh, went to Rice University. You know who that is? Paul Yanish? Oh, he may have. I don't know if he went there. That's not who I was thinking about. Norman, Norman Charlton? Norm Charlton, triple major from Rice University. Yes, I remember that. You know, the the thing that blew my mind when I looked up Paul Yanish's current status is he what what year do you think he started with the Reds major league debut? Um, nineteen forty two. Well, that's close. I don't give know. You one more guess. Two thousand um, nine. Yeah, you're a way better Reds fan than me. I would have said two thousand two or something, yeah. but it was two thousand eight. So oh, there you go. I kind of remembered him being around the good Reds teams. Yeah, I guess I thought he was on the bad Reds teams. <laughs> well, there are plenty of those. I can see how you'd be confused. I've got him and, and D'Angelo Jimenez confused. Oh, man. How could you get him confused with D'Angelo Jimenez? All right. This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 313. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash redlegradio, at redlegradio. Uh, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Go subscribe. Uh, really, the most important thing, if you want to help grow the podcast, is to tell your friends. You know, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, you know, cram it, zip it, you know, um, we are, uh, at patreon.com slash red radio. If you want to go and, and uh, send us a few bucks to help keep this thing going, really appreciate everybody that supported us over there. Uh, you know, you don't have to, we really appreciate it. And, uh, we're hoping for some, uh, some numbers as we come closer to, uh, to opening day, but this, uh, this free podcast is going to remain free on, um, on Friday mornings. In perpetuity, probably forever for the rest of time. So Guaranteed. Yeah. Chris is at Garber 8 on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C. Um, I already said we are at Red Leg, Nation, Red Leg Radio, and you can follow us uh, every, every single day at redlegnation.com for all your Reds news and notes. Chris, you have any final thoughts for us here today? I said good day. <laughs> good day, sir. All right. For Chris Garber and Joe Randa, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.